0: following is a teaching message from Shore Community Church. For more information on Shore, for our teaching resources, visit www.shore.org.nz. We're in our series this morning uh, in 1 Samuel, working our way through the book of 1 Samuel this year. Uh, Cassie Brooks is going to come and read the scripture passage for us this morning, 1 Samuel 3 is where we're up to. And we'll dive straight into that, Cassie, if you're ready. Thank you.
1: The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of the Lord had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know that the Lord, the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling, as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family, from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons made themselves contemptible, and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by the sacrifice or offering. Samuel lay down until morning, and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision, but Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, Here I am. What was it he said to you, Eli asked. Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, He is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Bathsheba, recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. and Samuel's word, word came to all Israel.
0: Great. Thanks, Cassie. So I was, on, I was driving to work the other day, and sitting in a bit of traffic, I noticed this car uh, in the other lane to me, and I managed to get a quick photo of the car, and uh, here's what it says. Can you see that? Blazoned across the back windscreen. God speaks to you. And I was in the process of preparing this message about God speaking to Samuel. So I took that as a sign, a direct sign from the Lord. I managed to get a photo, as you could see, which was, that was actually quite a difficult maneuver. I wouldn't advise that. It's probably illegal, but because it's ministry, (laughs) because it's the Lord's work, it was all right. But um, there you are, God speaks to you. So the only problem was I didn't quite know what God was saying. that message. That was not the only four words. I looked at the number plate to see if I could get any more clues, but no, that was random. So I don't know. What is God speaking to me? Maybe he's telling me to get a new car. That could have been it. Possibly telling me not to take photos of other cars. That might have also been it. Uh, Or maybe he was giving me the title of this morning's message, and I went with the last option. So I called today's sermon, God Speaks to You, because this is a story about God speaking to us. Now, I don't know what uh, the guy in that car was meaning specifically, it would be interesting to know what even what God he's or she is talking about. Uh, but that kind of thing raises the sorts of questions that intersect with the story that Cassie has just read out. Questions like, How does God speak to us today? And how do we listen well? You know, like Christians have a sense of God speaking to them, I think, in all kinds of ways. And you might have had some of these experiences. Some people have experienced God speaking to them in a dream or some kind of vision or, or a series of seemingly random events that can't, can't be random. They're, they're too, too similar to be random. Uh, some people have, have had a prophetic word given to them. You may have had someone speak a prophetic word into your life, uh, maybe a word that's been fulfilled, maybe a word that hasn't, and you're not sure what to do with that, and you're not sure how to hold that when that doesn't, doesn't seem to eventuate or, or come true in your life. Uh, some people have had the experience of a particular verse in the Bible that just pops out and speaks right into their situation. Other people, something in creation, a song they hear. Sometimes that sense of just the gentle prompting or not so gentle prompting of the Holy Spirit in your heart. Just the, the voice of God in your inner consciousness. Uh, and, and some people, on, you may be here saying, well, I, I haven't had any of those things. Some people look around and and hear all these things about how God speaks to everyone else and feel like, well, how come he doesn't say that to me? How come everyone else seems to get the dreams and the visions and the prophetic words and all these amazing things? And I don't get that. I wish God would speak to me. But for some people, that's just not the way it is. And so we're left with these questions of how does God speak to us? And, And how do we listen to him? And how do we tell God's voice? From all the other voices that are out there, all the, all the other voices that are in our heads sometimes. How do we know it's God speaking to me and not just something that I ate last night or something? How do we, how do we tease all this out? And how can we learn to listen? That's really the point of this passage. How do we learn to listen? How do we, how do we posture our hearts so that, like Samuel, we can learn to say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Like That's what we want. However God speaks, we want to say, God, I'm listening. I, I want to hear your voice. Sometimes we just don't know how to hear it well and how to tell it apart from other voices. So these are the things we're going to explore as we dive into this message. How does God speak and how do we learn to hear him well? So as we pick up the story of Samuel, just picking up the thread here for you, Samuel is still a boy. He's living in this place called Shiloh. He's living at the tabernacle, which is the place that Israel came to worship. He's been dedicated to the service of God, which means he's not living with his family anymore. He's living among this priesthood, and it's a pretty corrupt priesthood. Eli the priest and his sons, Hophni and Phinehas, we talked about them uh, last week. A couple of really nasty guys, and this is the, this is the home that Samuel is, is growing up in now. That's his, that's his context. But he's still a young boy, and, and probably most people believe at the time this happens, he's maybe 11 or 12 years old. So still just just a young guy and just trying to figure out who God is and what it means to serve God and be dedicated to God. And then one night, Samuel's lying there in bed, and God speaks to him and says, Samuel, I'm going to try and use my voice the best I can, Samuel. Now, technically, that wasn't a dream, was it? Because it woke him up. And so there is this audible voice that God is using, and Samuel wakes up, and he goes in, and he thinks it's Eli, and so he goes in and, and says, you called me. You know, and those of you that are parents, you know exactly this feeling, don't you? You had the kids come in in the middle of the night, and they want you, and they think something's going on. They've lost their pillow. They've had so many of those experiences. And you're half asleep. You don't know what's going on. You send them back. Go back to bed. That's what Eli's doing. He's like, go back to bed. I said, it wasn't me. I didn't call you. Go back to bed. So Samuel goes back to bed. But then God calls him again, Samuel. And again, he thinks it's Eli. And God's just so patient, isn't he? Don't you love that? God's, you know, he's just waiting it out. And Samuel goes and wakes up Eli again. And Eli says, it wasn't me, go back to sleep. Third time, God says, Samuel. Samuel goes and wakes Eli up. This time, Eli figures out what's going on. And he realizes this is the voice of the Lord. God didn't speak much in these days. The Bible tells us that. And so Eli was not accustomed to this. Plus, he was half asleep. But he finally figures it out. And so he says, all right, all right. Next time time this happens, next time you hear the voice... Don't don't come and see me, but just say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And so Samuel goes back and lies down again. And sure enough, God once again says, Samuel. And this time, Samuel says in verse 10, speak, for your servant is listening. Interestingly, he doesn't use the word Lord there. Do you notice that? It's a slight deviation on what Eli told him to say. I think probably what that means is that he wasn't 100% sure that this was God speaking to him. So he's kind of keeping his options open here. He's kind of saying, speak whoever you are, because I'm not sure, but, you know, whoever you are, speak, and I'm, I'm, I'm listening. You know, just that sense of, like, Samuel's still learning. He's still just trying to figure out who God is and how to listen. And so God does speak then, and he gives Samuel his first prophetic word. And it's a tough word. Man, you read that, verse 11 to 15. This is a word of judgment upon Eli, who was basically Samuel's father. His, his master, his teacher. Like the first word that Samuel gets, you would like to think it would be something positive and hopeful, but it's this word of doom and judgment upon Eli's household. And so Samuel, this 11-year-old boy, Samuel hears this word, and then he just sits with that until morning. And in the morning, Eli comes along, and of course, Eli wants to know exactly what God said. And Samuel, understandably, is a bit reluctant to tell him, because this was not good news for Eli. But Eli pesters him and pesters him until finally Eli, uh, Samuel Tells him what God had said. And Eli's response, I think, is really, really humble. He says, and at the end of verse 18, Eli said, He is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. It's really amazing, isn't it, when that word of judgment's just been spoken against you, and this is the end of your house, the end of your priesthood. But there's that note of humility in Eli to say, Well, God is good. He knows what he's doing. You know, let, him, let him do what is right in his eyes. So you see something of the character, I think, of Eli coming out there. And then in verse 19 to 21, you have this sense of Samuel being established now as a prophet. Because this wasn't the last time it happened. This is a catalyst now for a ministry of being a prophet that Samuel has given to the nation of Israel. And so verse 19, the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. So Samuel kept speaking the word of God, and nothing that he said failed to come true. What God said to him, he faithfully passed on, and everything came to pass just as God had spoken it. And in verse 20, all Israel... From Dan to Bathsheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. So now it's moved beyond just Samuel and Eli. Now the whole nation realizes we've got a prophet here. We've got a prophet in our midst. And so it says God's word through Samuel came to all Israel. Not just to Eli, but to the whole nation. So in the space of one chapter, you go from the beginning of 1 Samuel 3, where God's word is rare, and there were very few revelations in those days. God was not speaking much at all. To the end of the chapter, where you now have this prophet in residence at Shiloh, and God is regularly speaking now to his people, speaking to Samuel. Samuel's communicating that on to Israel, and it kind of marks this new transition, this new era of ministry and revelation and newness for Israel as they start to head towards a kingdom, a monarchy being established, start to head towards the first king, Saul. We're going to meet him in a few weeks' time. So let's come back to our question. How does God speak to us? What do you take from this? Do we, what do we do? Do we all go home tonight and lie in our beds and wait for the voice from the heavens? I haven't had that voice yet in my life. Maybe you have. Doesn't always, doesn't seem to work that way for me. Uh, But is this the way God speaks? Uh, Do we have to wait for a prophet like Samuel to come along and give us this kind of thus saith the Lord kind of speech. How does God speak to us today? Uh, this is, we've got to remember, this is one story of God speaking to one person at one time and one place. So we can't take the story as normative for every experience you're going to have in every way God's going to speak to you. But we can learn. And what we want to do is try and place this story in the context of the whole biblical narrative and let it speak to us from there. So we're going to make a few broader comments, drawn some broader scripture to talk about how God speaks to us, and then we're going to circle back, look at some details in this text, okay? When we think about how God speaks to us, there are two fundamental pillars that we need to keep in place. These are like the guide rails, the, the guard rails, that really keep us on the right path and keep us listening and tuned into God in a healthy way. The first of these pillars we read about in Hebrews 1 One, you don't need to turn there, just listen to this. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things. So you have the sense here that in the Old Testament, you have all these prophets like Samuel, Ezekiel, Jonah, Habakkuk, all these prophets speaking the word of God, but all of those prophets were always building towards Jesus. Even if they didn't realize it, they were pointing towards Christ. They were speaking of the one who was to come. And their ministry always pointed to the ultimate ministry of Jesus. Jesus is the first foundational pillar of how God speaks to us. Because in Jesus, God has spoken. This is fundamental. So if you feel like God's never spoken to me, I've never heard his voice. I don't know who he is. He's never revealed anything to me. That's, that's To start, that's flat out wrong because God has spoken in Christ. Jesus was and is the greatest word God could ever speak. That's why in John 1, he's described as the logos, which is the word in the beginning was the word. Jesus is God's ultimate word to us. Jesus shows us what God is like, not just the actual words Jesus spoke, but just his being. His person, his life, his death, his resurrection, he shows us. Jesus says, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Like to look at Jesus is to see and hear from God. He shows us the character of God. He shows us the purposes of God through his life and his death and his resurrection. He shows us redemption. He shows us salvation. He shows us where this whole story is heading. He shows us where our lives are heading. He shows meaning and purpose and destiny for humanity and creation. Jesus is the ultimate word of God. So that's our starting point. Pete Gregg uh, has got a great book called How to Hear God. I'd recommend it. A really, really nice, easy, good biblical read on the subject. And in it he says this, Jesus is what God sounds like. He's literally the living word of God. Hearing his voice is not so much a skill we must master, therefore, as a master we must meet. All the other ways in which God communicates, through the Bible, prophecy, dreams, visions, and so on, come through Jesus and point back to him too. That's great, isn't its that We could just spend the whole morning unpacking that, but just to pick up on one thing, he says, hearing from him is, uh, let me read it again, hearing his voice is not so much a skill we must master, a master we must meet. Isn't that great? This is personal. If you want to hear God speaking to you, you need to have a relationship with Jesus. This is a relational thing. You know, and, and, and if you're wondering, why is God not speaking to me? Why am I not hearing his voice? The first question to ask is, do I have a deepening, abiding relationship with Christ? Because Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. You know, like the sheep can hear the voice of the shepherd. They can pick it out, can't they? Above every other voice, even when there's a lot of voices, a cacophony of voices, the sheep can hear when that shepherd calls. And the more you know Jesus, like deeply, personally, abiding in Christ, the more you're going to start to learn to hear that voice. When he speaks, the more you're going to start to learn to hear the voice of the shepherd. So hearing from God is fundamentally about developing a deep and growing relationship with Jesus. That's pillar number one. Pillar number two is Scripture. Not surprising to many of you that hang around shore for a while that we believe the Bible is... The primary foundational way in which God speaks to us. Even the story of 1 Samuel 3. So think about that story again. The story of God speaking to Samuel. right? So how did God speak to Samuel? Through an audible voice. But how do we hear that story? Why do we even know that story? Because it's in the Bible. right? And how has God spoken that to us? Through the pages of Scripture. So guess what? When you heard Cassie stand up this morning and read that story out to us, guess who you were hearing from? God. Does that mean Cassie is God? Nope. But it means you are hearing the word of God. If you want to hear God speak to you audibly, like he spoke to Samuel, just get an audio Bible. It's that easy. And you will be hearing the audible voice of God. I know it's funny, but it, this is our conviction, is that, where Scripture speaks to us, we are literally hearing the Word of God. Now, I know I'm know i not saying our, all our interpretations of the Bible are always right. We're not, we are not the infallible ones. Scripture is infallible. I know we can come off track. That's why we need community to interpret Scripture together. But even so, we hold here in our hands, it's an amazing privilege that we do, copies of Scripture, and we believe this is the Word of God. And so when you, this is exciting, when you open Scripture... When you have a time with the Lord and you sit in front of a, a, a passage of Scripture, that's God speaking to you. It may not be an audible voice, but you can expect that you're meeting the Spirit of God in the pages of Scripture because this is how God speaks. Second Timothy says this is God-breathed. God has exhaled out Scripture for us. This is His living Word. It's a living and active word, and that should make your times in Scripture quite exciting, an adventure. Not that you're chasing emotions, but that you can really expect to encounter the presence of the Spirit of God in the text of Scripture. So these two things always go together. The written word, which is the Bible, and the living word, who is Jesus. And those are the two foundational pillars that you need in place to think about how God speaks to you. These are the primary ways that God speaks. And they they have this symbiotic relationship. So the, the living word, Jesus, revealed through Scripture. Scripture, the living word, witnesses back to the living word who is Jesus. They go hand in glove. As we ground ourselves in a relationship with Jesus, and we ground ourselves in Scripture, then I think we can be open to a whole lot of other ways that God might speak. If we've got the foundation right. Without that foundation, I think we're we're liable to drift off into all sorts of flights of fancy and all sorts of weird ideas about how God speaks. But if we are continually grounded in the written word and the living word, and that's what we keep coming back to, I think we can have an openness of heart that God may then speak in a whole range of ways. Because I don't believe God only speaks through the Bible. I think it's foundational, but I don't think that's the only way. I think God speaks in a multitude of ways, but they're grounded in the witness of the living word and the written word. So with those foundation pillars in place, our lives then become a journey of tuning into all of these ways in which God may be speaking through many and varied means, but we keep bringing them back to Scripture, and we keep bringing them back to Jesus. If God is speaking to you in some way, and it runs against something to do with the person of Jesus, it's not God speaking to you. If God is speaking to you in some way, and it runs against something that's in the revealed word of God, it's not God speaking to you. If God is speaking to you, and it's taking glory away from God and Christ, and placing it on a person, another person, that's not God speaking to you. These are the questions, these are the filters that we need to continually ask. So with that in mind, let me then just roll through, and, and we won't have a lot of time to do this, but just roll through some other ways in which God might speak. Every one of these could be a sermon. I wish I had more time, but I can only touch on them briefly this morning. So, uh, first of all, dreams. I, I haven't experienced this personally, but some people have experienced God speaking to them in dreams. I read in uh, Pete Grieg's book the story of an Iranian woman, Asrin, Kurdish-Iranian, living in northern Iran. And she had a dream one night. And she's recounting this story to Pete Greig as he's writing his book. This dream in which she encounters the person of Jesus. Now, she's growing up in a heavily Muslim context. And, of course, in Islam, Jesus is revered as a prophet, but not the Son of God, Uh, certainly not divine. And so in the dream, she says to Jesus, I would like to talk to God because she doesn't believe Jesus is God. But she says, could you introduce me? I'd like to talk to God. And Jesus just says, talk. Isn't that great? And and she says, no, no, you don't understand. I want to talk to God. And Jesus just says, talk. I am God. And so in the dream, she has this whole conversation with, with Jesus as God. Now, here's the next part. The next day, it's a true story. She's sitting in the park, and someone comes along and gives her a copy of the New Testament in Persian, the Persian language, her language. Uh, just, I mean, that, how you know, random, we would say, and yet this is a God moment, giving her this New Testament and inviting her to church. She goes to church, and then she's sitting down after church, thumbing through this New Testament, and she comes to John fourteen six, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and it all comes together for her. Can you see this pattern where there is a dream, there is a vision, there's a revelation, but then there's this affirmation through scripture? It's a beautiful symmetry to that. Now, I'm not saying that's the way God can work however he wants, but I think that's really affirming. There's something there because God speaks to you through a dream. Well, I think you always have to hold that lightly because that is filtered through your own subjective consciousness. But when the affirmation comes through scripture, then there's that stronger sense. This is God speaking. And what she'd seen of Jesus in the dream is confirmed in Scripture, but this revelation, objectively, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And she gave her heart to Jesus right then, right then and there. She was going to go off and join the Kurdish militia, and instead she became a church planter in Iran. Amazing, amazing. And there's a real renewal going on, by the way, in Iran, and some of that is coming about through Muslim women, and some of it is coming about through dreams and visions. So this can be one of the ways in which God speaks, but again, we need to bring this back to Christ, and we need to bring this back to Scripture, if you sense God maybe speaking to you in some sort of dreamlike way, bring it back and ask, how is this aligned with Scripture? Look for the confirmation. Look for the affirmation in Scripture. Secondly, uh, words of prophecy. <clears throat> I know that this gets a bit weird, but, or maybe gets a bit controversial. I also just want to name the fact that some of you may have been exposed to the worst kinds of prophetic ministry in the way this gets abused and becomes more about the ego trip of a person wanting to give some kind of pronouncement or you know claim some close relationship with God. Let me just describe what this looks like for me. I am not a prophet. I am not the son of a prophet. And I work for a non-profit organization. But, but, here's, here's, my, here's my experience. There, there are times when I'm uh, often, if I'm praying with someone after church, let's say, uh, and, and praying and just, just seeking God's blessing for that person, and there are times when God will place an impression on my heart for that person. Uh, a thought, sometimes a word, sometimes a, a picture. For me, almost always that is connected to something in Scripture. Uh, sometimes maybe a picture of the prodigal son. And it's like, that, this is kind of who this person is right here. This broken son, this daughter, who's just the father is welcoming them home. And, and that's what they need to hear. You know, Sometimes it's a, it's a particular verse of Scripture that's like God saying, this is, this is my word for them today. This is what they need to hear. Sometimes just a sense of what... God might be speaking, just something as simple as they need to know they're loved. Or well, they need to know me as Father. And I have, this is a journey for me, so I'm just kind of bearing my heart to you here, but I'm gradually becoming more confident in speaking those things when I have a sense of them. And speaking those things, because I think God is gracious, and I'm not going to claim that I always hear perfectly from God, but I'm becoming a little bolder when I have that sense, the spirit may be saying something to be able to speak into that and speak to that person. And say, I've just got the sense. As we've been praying, as we've been talking, maybe God is saying this. Here's a scripture that's come to mind for you. Here's a picture. Here's a particular, I just, that sense of God as Abba Father, whatever it may be, that this may be for them. And just trust the Spirit with that. Again, connected back to the written word of God, but trusting God with those times. And that's not just something that pastors can do. This is, you don't have to, I don't have the office of a prophet. You don't have to be a prophet. What it means is it just changes the way we pray. And rather than always just talking to God in prayer, we can also be listening, right? And we can spend maybe a bit less of our time just saying words to God and a bit more of our time listening. Father, is there something for this person that you want to say and that you want to speak? Now listen, sometimes there's not, and that's okay. You don't force it. You don't try and come up. You don't conjure it sometimes. Most of the time, there's not. That's absolutely fine. But it's just a posture of openness that maybe sometimes there is a word. So again, I I don't think in that kind of interaction, either of us would ever say that was a prophetic word. I don't even think we'd call it that. But it is just a sense of God speaking. And if it's grounded in Scripture and centered around Jesus, this can be one of the ways in which God speaks. And I think we can have an openness of heart to that. So, Dreams, words of prophecy, Uh, maybe mention one more, community. And so this is different to prophecy in the sense I'm talking about contexts where there's a group of people, someone says something, and it's not even directed at you, but man, God just gets a hold of you through what they just said. I saw this happen in our staff meeting the other day. It was beautiful. Someone shared something. This was just as part of a staff devotional. And a couple of minutes later, someone else shared something that what had just been said back then was exactly what they needed to hear. And that sense of like God was just speaking through what had just been shared a few minutes earlier. Now neither of them would have known, this wasn't orchestrated, but just there was that sense of God just using the words of one person, even though not spoken directly into the situation or without any knowledge of the situation, someone else is just deeply ministered to by that. And God is at work. Right, God can be at work in these contexts. This may be happening in your life group. And again, it's not that you're all sitting around waiting for some word audibly from God, but just that awareness that as you're sharing and you're opening up to each other and discussing Scripture, the Holy Spirit is there. He is hovering over that space. And he is ordaining particular conversations. And when he's got something to say to someone, he will speak. And he may just use you to say it. And it may be very, very gentle. It may be an ordinary, seemingly ordinary comment that you just think of in the moment. And yet the Spirit takes that and presses that on the heart of someone else. So, what I'm trying to paint here is just a picture of the variety of ways that God could speak. God may also speak through just gentle promptings of the Spirit, He may speak through creation. Just a sense, you know, my my parents, one of the ways in which God has spoken over the years is through rainbows. It's the sign of the rainbow in the sky. Now, we know biblically that's a sign to all of us. God's spoken uh, in in the sense of promise. Uh, But for them, at specific moments, there's been a rainbow in the sky. And they've just taken that as a particular sign from God. And again, we bring this back to Scripture and we bring it back to the living person of Jesus Christ. But we can have an openness of heart that there may be many and varied ways that God can speak. So on the one hand, I want to encourage you to have that openness and to be able to say, yeah, look, there might be some ways that I've never even encountered. And if God wants to speak to me through those ways, I'm open to that. At the same time, it's not something you need to push doors open that don't open. That's absolutely fine. God knows you and he knows how to communicate to you. And most importantly, however God speaks and whenever God speaks, keep on bringing it back to scripture. Keep on looking for the confirmation and the word of God. And keep on asking yourself, does this match up with the person of Jesus? Jesus is the living word, and nothing God says to you will ever go against the person and the work and the character and the kingdom of Jesus Christ. As we finish this morning, my encouragement to you as you, as you journey through this week is to take those words that Samuel was given to speak and to let them be your words. Simple sentence, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Could you take those words upon your lips this week and just in in quiet spaces or just in the the hustle and bustle of everyday life, just from time to time this week, you take those words and make them your prayer. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. In this cafe that I'm sitting in working, speak, Lord. In your bed in the middle of the night when you can't get to sleep, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Here in church as we're worshiping together, in the noise of the classroom or the office or the boardroom or the construction site or wherever you are, or driving. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Please don't go into that expecting the heavens to open and angels to descend and a great pronouncement from on high. Please don't go into this expecting great emotional experiences. Sometimes they will come, sometimes they will not. Sometimes it's the voice. Sometimes it's the very quiet whisper, isn't it? Of the Spirit. That's fine. And sometimes you will hear nothing and that's okay because listen, even if you hear nothing, what do you still know? God has spoken, hasn't He? You still have Scripture. You still have Jesus. And that's the most important thing of all. Hey, I'd like as we finish this morning, we're going to take communion in a moment, just to have a couple of minutes of silence. We're, our, our lives are so noisy and so busy. But can we just have a couple of moments of stillness and let's just this is just in the quietness of your heart so don't need to say anything out loud but you just make that if you want to your prayer to God speak lord your servant is listening openness to the spirit openness to the lord and just allow him to speak to you if and how he wants to uh, let me just lead into that and we'll have our hearts open to the lord father god we believe you're the living god you're the god of Samuel the same god who spoke to Samuel at night you are here now and so we just say in quietness And we say in humility, and we say with open hearts, Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. God, we want to pray that as we journey through this week, you'd keep our hearts open. And we're really aware that we walk out of these doors and so many other voices will compete for our attention. We're so aware that there'll be so many sounds and noises and we get so easily distracted. But God, we just come back to that image of the sheep and the shepherd. And we just pray that you would help us to be like those sheep who can hear the shepherd's voice. Help us to know you, Jesus. And to just live in that deepening uh, place with you, that we would be your sheep who can hear your voice. And we thank you, God, <clears throat> that you have spoken and that you love to speak. We see in Scripture, you are, you are such a talkative God. In some ways, God, you speak. Uh, and we have the, the words from beginning to end in Scripture of you speaking into our heart. Thank you for the way that you Press those words in our heart, even if you, as you've pressed the words of Scripture into our hearts this morning. So we thank you, God, that whatever you've done in our hearts in this moment, you have spoken to us this morning. We believe that, God, that you have spoken. You have been here, and you're present with us, and you continue to speak to us as we go. So we love you, Lord Jesus, and we pray that you would continue to speak and help us to continue to listen well. In Jesus' name, amen.